I'll occasionally troll, uh, go in and will lurk on the Reddit Donald, the Donald, the subreddit. You know who else goes in there a lot? Isaac? Yeah. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> I like the Donald. See, I... Oh, the, <laughs> the, uh, I One I of like, our attorneys <laughs> is a oh, Come on. <laughs> Hey everybody! Hey guys! Hey. Did you ever see the supercut of uh, YouTubers saying "Hey guys"? Oh god! Oh, I want to see that. Can you play that? Probably. Especially now that I'm in influencer marketing, all I look at is people saying "Hey guys." Let's see. Influencer marketing—that sounds atrocious. It's the re- the worst word for anything ever. Agreed. It's a it's a terrible word for something that's actually not as terrible as it sounds. Right. Well, it's just such a way to. It's such an overinflated title. I know. For influencer. someone that gets people that watches their YouTube videos, I you're know. an influencer. It's like, all right, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's sadly, though, it does kind of refer to something. So it's like we, it's difficult to change the word, but though it does need to be changed. I yeah. It's just such a pretentious word. I know it's the worst word it, ever. And right, it, there needs to be a word to describe a YouTube celebrity, right? right? Yeah, like, because right, it can't yeah. be it can't be actor, YouTuber, can't be well, writer, it can be really. YouTuber on YouTube, but but what about on Instagram? Right, exactly. You know, it's like because their yeah. brand usually goes like you, you know you can't call them a YouTuber if they're bigger plugging on things on Twitter, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think that. Hi guys. Hey 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 guys. It goes on and on. Oh Christ, God. that's like a it's it was terrible. like a group call for why we didn't get our allowance. <laughs> it's <laughs> it was a, girls like hey guys. They got, hey guys. Hey guys. Hey guys. Hey guys. Well, shit, that's comedians too. I know. Yeah, hi girls, everybody. Girls Joe say hey guys. Hi everybody. Yeah. Hey everybody! Yeah, I hate I hate the presumptuousness of everybody. Yeah, yeah everyone. Yeah. Every- Hi, all you people there. How do you how do you get into your sets? Do you just do it organically? Is there something you like saying to, right right at the top, the first thing you say when you pick up the microphone? It depends on what I'm doing. Yeah, it depends on if I'm a hosting or not. You just oh, okay. start it by saying child porn. Yeah, <laughs> child porn. Anyway, some so... comedians starting start cold like that. They just they don't say anything and then they just start in their bits. I don't like that. It's too clinical. I like saying hello, but I don't know. <coughs> I, I it it really varies. I was doing a show at. The Scene. Did I tell you about this? No. There's a dive bar in North Hollywood called The Scene. Yeah. And it is, a, it's a real valley it dive. It is not The Scene. No. <laughs> but it was full of people, of real the, audience. They're really, sometimes those shitty dive bars in the valley yeah. like, get full. Yeah, they're like, hey, it's uh, it's comedy night. And they're excited about it, sort yeah. of, not really. But it was great because the audience was not laughing <laughs> they were listening but they weren't laughing that's the worst they're attentive but they're just like okay <laughs> and there was a guy that was heckling he was like a mm. latino man that was getting aggressively more heckly oh, so everybody just went up and fucking tanked over and over and over again which i love yeah i think it's my happiest moment when i've had <laughs> two drinks in me 
and I'm sitting in the back and everyone is tank. crashing and burning <laughs> and I'm laughing it's at what it. Makes you such a good open mic producer. <laughs> uh, your love, your love of the game. Yeah. And there's a uh, there's a few guys in the show that are like bringer show heroes. Uh, so they don't really have acts at all. They're just mm-hmm. used to going up there and getting laughs because they're clapped talking. Yep. Yeah. Right. So those guys were tanking and having a hard time. I love it. So I just decided to go up there and I was like, I'm just going to be fucking mean and do angry oh, jokes. Yeah, bark, baby. And I barked and I did pretty well. Yeah. I was, I was, a guy was heckling me and I, but he was bad at it. So it wasn't even a problem. What's barking? Well, I have two different voices I use on stage. <laughs> oh, right. You have the bark voice. I have the the normal voice. And mm-hmm. then if it's a more aggressive room, I have to start barking at people. Which, what does that sound like? I, I, I can't re- replicate it here. <laughs> right. It's but hard I, to do. I speak faster. I do my jokes faster. And I speak loudly. And I, I barrel through punchlines. And your inflections change. Like when you lean into syllables and stuff for your punches, yeah. like you already know where they are, yeah. but you lean into them aggressively yeah. rather than just like intonate. Yeah. If you wow. have a if you have a cold room, then it's helpful to kind of do that. But I had this awful heckler who was, he wasn't witty. It's only, only da- hecklers are only dangerous if they're witty. Right. They you, if they're funnier quick, than you, you are fucked. You're fucked and you want to get away from them. Yeah. But this guy was just saying dumb shit. And so it was fun because he just kept saying dumb stuff and yeah. you just let it tank right? and just sit there and be like, that was nice. <laughs> Thanks for that. I like it too. Science of comedy, ladies and gentlemen. How do we yeah. get onto this topic? Um, I think I just asked you a non sequitur question about the room. I don't even remember. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> so we're all old. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. Rambling about I, nonsense. I did a 420 show and then it was actually 420 the day before, so I'm surprised I even have like a coherent thought in my head right now. I've smoked Jesus so much Christ. Yeah. the past two days. My favorite 420 comedy show joke was said by Bonnie Brennan. She goes up and it's 420 and it's a stand-up comedy show and goes, hey, you guys, you guys know what today is, don't you? It's the anniversary of the Columbine killings. <laughs> <laughs> I like that more than Hitler's birthday. And, and it's Hitler's birthday. It is yeah. a, quite an interesting day in history. Yeah. Uh, I guess <laughs> a, tr- a truly, a truly horrific day. Uh, so, as you guys heard, we have uh, Dan Depriel is here. Hey. Oh yeah, we didn't do. Oh yes, that's what I'm. Hey everybody, that, that's what I'm. Yeah. Well, now you well, now give us your this. best. Hey guys. Hey guys. Hey guys. Was, hey guys. That's like a bizarre, funny, weird clown. Hey guys. <laughs> hey guys. <laughs> Hey, hey guys, I never say guys. I'm a sup y'all. I say when I go, that's what I say when I get on stage. Sup y'all. Sup y'all. Oh, this is how we got there. Yeah, Yeah. that was it. There There we go. All right, it's come come full circle. Sup y'all. Sup y'all. Dan is leaving Los Angeles. Oh. And it's okay. Temporarily. It's temporary. And we, uh, so we decided to have on Dan on for a few episodes. He's doing a residence. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you, Isaac. And you'll be hearing him over the next few episodes. And then he'll be leaving and going to the East Coast. So yes. follow Dan's social media. I will be I will be a guest star when I come back. I'm leveraging my inavail- uh, my unavailability in Los Angeles to get shows. How yeah. excited are you Podcast. about that first cheesesteak? Oh, I'm man. excited you for you. You don't even understand. Tony Luke's Oregon Avenue. All my real Philly people in though. And if you don't, don't go to Pat's or Gino's. Go to... Ishkabibbles, or I don't even know that they're still open, but go to Tony Luke's on Oregon Avenue, guys. That's some real Philly shit right there. Nice. 
Yeah, the other place is just tourist traps, right? Gino's right. and Pat's are well, like they're fine, yeah. but like they are just tourist traps. You're gonna wait in a long line yeah, for a B minus cheese. Yeah, it's like people that go to Pink's. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, fucking Pink's hot dogs. Exactly, idiots. The Pink's of Philadelphia. That's worse though. Pink's what? is worse because Pink's is not even. No local has ever gone to Pink's or would ever want to go to Pink's. There's nothing good about Pink's. Well, it's, it's the same thing in Philly. Nothing. If if someone comes to Philly and says, "I want to go to Pat's or Gino's," oh, look, we'll take you. But we'll like, take if you, you go, right. "I want a cheesesteak," we'll never take you to Pat's or Gino's. If somebody ever told me to go to pink's hot dogs i would not go pink's is only okay right if it's late and there's no line it's yeah. the only reason it's okay to get you used to host pink's. that show down the street that yeah. was the only time i ever went to pink's because that's the perfect situation yeah, 1 30 no in the morning no one's right. there yeah. yeah but to go and wait in line and be like oh this is an la experience yeah, it's an LA if experience. you come to la and you go to pink's you're dumb <laughs> well that's the sad thing about la is people don't know what to do there's like what do i do i guess i there's no monuments to see what's what do i do like i go to the pink's tacos they, i don't know it's a food not tacos si- it's a food city tacos. they go they pink's go get tacos, some pink different. tacos yeah, yeah. yeah. they go to Probably. the hollywood hotel eastern european and lost yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i love the hollywood hotel oh it's I, so I, I like it too it's did you did you like the new bar this oh, is very insane. Boy, did I ever. <laughs> <laughs> so Come to Hollywood Hotel. Every Thursday, there's, uh, there's stand-up comedy there. It's where dreams, it, for the listeners that have no idea, it's where dreams of comedians go to die. Wait, but can we actually say a funny thing that happened there? So I went there a couple weeks ago and saw Rosie Pigs, Dave Rosenberg, oh, yeah. do his set, which he is great with the crowd i will say <laughs> he's he so good really like gets them going yeah um d- d- all joking about dave aside from a personal level yeah dave is a great comedian he's so good that's he's why we can joke crowd about comedian that and that is that is he's a, a great live comedian oh yeah yeah well that's yeah. what he wants to be that right. and that right. is a that is a disrespected skill but there's few people that I will watch anytime they perform. Agreed. David Rosenberg's one of them. Agree. Well, anytime yeah. David Rosenberg's up, and that's the best compliment a comic can pay another comic yeah. is to actually right. watch their set every single time he's on a show. I'm excited. He for really did have the crowd totally hypnotized, like at and at his he at he, his beck. And he's call. a genius at crowd work. Yeah, I have yeah, yeah. the utmost respect for him as a comedian, not yeah. as a person. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, no! As a person, he's trash. But as a comedian, <laughs> he is fantastic. Yes. Well, I don't know. I but see, but the jokes. Okay. Well, this is a different discussion. Whatever. Oh, he this is where Isaac job. chimes in on, on, on comedy. my comedy. I like that. I like that. Everyone loves your comedy. Right. Opinion. I love it. <laughs> no. So, uh, but after, as shockingly, at this show, there were like six hot chicks in the audience. I don't know how Charles did it, but there was like. I know Dan. a bunch of hot chicks. I know. I I don't want to say I taught him because it wasn't anything. <laughs> I taught, but Charles uh, has decided to use the same production technique I used with my old show that I ran in L.A., mm. which is you get a comic who is maybe I shouldn't give up the yeah, ghost on your podcast. Don't spoil you, it. We'll we'll talk off. You get you get comics that uh, are very good and have a fan base, which generally means young, pretty comics. I see. Yeah, I, I don't know how it happened, but um, I was in there like, this is amazing. Fully erect. Yeah, just like, wow. And uh, Rosie really, his whole set was about how attractive the audience yeah. was, and he was right. And afterwards, two chicks just made a beeline for Rosie. And yeah. again, like he <laughs> killed it. And so they just went right to him Yeah, and just started talking to him. 
And I was like, wow, yeah. that is amazing. <laughs> but then they kind of left him high and dry. It was like, it's enough. They couldn't, it was like not enough to convert. Yeah. Like it was like, uh, you know, if it had been a real big stage, then he would have been great. But it was like such a shitty venue. They were like, we'll go say hi. We're yeah. not going to blow him, but we'll f- say hi. Has that ever happened to you, Charles? Has anyone ever tried to come up to you we after a show romantically? Oh, did you? Episode. Come on, Dan. I'm sorry. Did you I, listen I to the episodes? No, only if I'm on. <laughs> Uh, I've told this story a few times, but yeah, long story short, I was at a very divey bar and a very haggard (laughs) woman (laughs) was trying very hard to make eye contact with me and then was inquiring about what I was doing afterwards. And that's funny. I was definitely going home to sleep on the couch of my friends. That's funny. (laughs) Not with her. It only really ever happens to me when I'm in a relationship, uh, but the very few times that a girl has tried to flirt with me after the show, like it's been clear that even if I wanted to, like the stage me and the regular me, it would have been like Rosie. Like they, you might be impressed by my confidence and wit and charm on stage. None of that exists in real life. It's all a construct. (laughs) So uh, I generally don't do very well uh, flirting in the real world, even if somebody wants for whatever reason, finds me appealing for my stage act. Yeah. Comedy is a magic trick. Yeah. The trick is that people think that you are uh, an enjoyable human being. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Really when we get into it specifically psycho. because we yeah. can't. Uh, yeah. Like that in the real world. yeah. Right. I can just imagine exactly. those girls going over to, they're like, oh, hey, we really liked your set. And Rosie's like, let me see your giant. Wow. Show me your giant. I have guinea pigs. Yeah. We love you, Rosie. I mean, well, no, I mean, the thing is like, also, it just wasn't, you know, again, they were giving him a little bit, but they weren't giving him giving him much. It was funny because you could tell he was kind of trying to, like, toe the water. He went up to them afterwards and was, like, saying bye to them, like, in the yeah. other room. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, so sad. So yeah. sad. Never let it be said. I don't put together a circumstance for David Rosenberg to succeed in. To, yeah. He'll yeah. <laughs> undo it himself. So before we start, I'd like to call out my fruit spread. Okay. Uh, we have a fruit spread here of a red banana. Which is a delicious treat, red banana. What is, what is a red banana? Red banana is a red-colored banana fruit. Oh, well, hmm. but what? <laughs> <laughs> so Charles, Charles tentatively is, picks Charles it up. Charles is trying to eat it, looking like a monkey. Um, no, uh, it's just a red-colored banana. It's smaller, and it's a lot more flavorful and sweet. What do you think? Charles is eating it. Sweet, right? It's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's like a good banana. So we have that. We also have a tangelo. Tangelo. It's a blood orange. No, no, no. That's the third thing we have. And then we have a blood orange all here this morning. This is the difference between hungover Isaac and Isaac who has not drank the night before. Do you know what's funny is you look the same (laughs) when I come in all the time, whether you're hungover or fresh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely bright-eyed and bushy-tailed this morning, and we have a lovely spread. Hungover Isaac, it'll just be like coffee and like disgusting pastries, and super hungover Isaac will be like a gourmet meal. (laughs) Why couldn't you have gotten drunk last night? It's it's this is my continuing theory about that life is always better at the extremes. It's never being a middle of the road anything is a bad thing to be. Mm. You want to be either really poor or really rich. I'm like right now going from being really poor and now I'm like oh, it's kind of upper middle classy mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. in terms of my income and it's the worst. It's the worst amount of money to make. 
because you get the most taken. Mm-hmm. You have no excuses not to pay anything. You can't get free health care. Sure. You, so it's just you're fucked. Like you just all you do is spend money on things and get screwed. I want to pay. I want to play the smallest violin for you right now. But I actually agree. I just the last like real job I had, I got a promotion and I, I was that classic case of getting bumped into the higher tax bracket. And my promotion actually meant I made less money. Exactly. Yeah. And exactly. It was infuriating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I mean, particularly. Yeah, it's like where the most you, the key you got to like skip the middle class and make it up to like. All right, enough Two, of the Republican Party. Two hundred and fifty k a year, or or be a welfare queen, which is what I've been for you know three years. <laughs> Have you and, been a welfare queen? Yeah, I mean, I don't actually get welfare, but I definitely get like Obamacare, healthcare, and don't have to pay my loans back and everything because I, you know, my like you see, you get. Obamacare. Yeah, it's a very right wing thing. Be like, I'm just another welfare queen getting health care. Got my not- Obama phone and my Obamacare health care. Living high on the government teat, yeah. not dying from preventable disease. Yeah, that free Obamacare health care. Right. No, hey, I'm with you, man. I'm, you know, I believe in the Scandinavian way, if we can do that. No. But uh, unlikely in our lifetimes. No, no probably no. not. Yeah. Probably in the lifetime of this country. I don't Socialized even know. Healthcare? No, not not. Are we sure we... that those two things aren't intertwined at this point? <laughs> right. Now, no, I'd say uh, at this point, my life is probably going to be longer than the country's. Yeah, that's what I, I, think, I think we might be able to see the end of it. I think we will. I think in our lifetime, America will have some drastic change. Whether or not that's a, you know, California becoming its own nation or something, I don't think that's actually going to happen. But uh, yeah, there should be America should break up into smaller countries, don't you think? I absolutely. In fact, I've had I am very conflicted about this because this has been a position that I've had for a very long time, regional secession, because I think that America, it's a bad, it's a real dirty word, but uh, uh, because of the historical connotations, but I think America would do very well in the 21st century as a confederacy, as a group of states that make their own calls, because I think a big, the big problem is uh, like in, we're letting culture wars win elections Mm -hmm. And then the policies that come out of those elections don't really reflect the rhetoric that's happening during the elections. So it's like the way people are governing people in Texas or or say like Alabama hate when Democrats legislate and Democrats hate when Republicans legislate. So it's like, you know, why don't we just give each other what we want, which is a functional government run the way that we want. Easier said than done, though. No, I hate to agree yeah. that yeah. that's uh, that no I mean it's true I I think uh, you know it's a, I spoke the other night at this Vexit thing in Venice Vexit Vexit Venice exit yeah Venice exit of from LA hmm. and so this was an article that I wrote a long time ago coining the term Vexit by the way and it turned into this giant deal it was on the news you can like there's clips of me for about 0.5 seconds on this panel and what um, you on a you did a long form interview. Yeah, about I it, did so. a long form essay about it, which kind of launched the whole thing. What news organizations basically stole your story? L.A. Times yeah. a month later. Wow! Put Vexit on the front page because you wrote it for. I wrote it for shitty curb. Yeah. And made no money. No, so I spoke at this Vexit thing, and the head of Collexit was also on the panel. Collexit. Oh yeah, the it, w- the guy that fled to Russia after it failed. Is no, that, that's that a guy? different guy. Oh, this okay. is a, like apparently he claims he's the the real Collexit guy. Yeah, and he's this very magnanimous Latino guy who's like, 
you know, like I'm a leader. And I actually right use of the word magnanimous. (laughs) What did I say? You said magnanimous Latino guy. Magnanimous means like generous. What does magnanimous yeah, mean? Right? But what, how was what he was just yeah, doing? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Being that, that was the wrong. That was the wrong. Because you talked. You talked in a theatrical voice. Right. Uh, but that doesn't. What's the word I'm looking for? Theatrical. Like, no, but yes, but also like gregarious. No, gregarious is like bubbly. More like you know, like inspirational leader. Oh, okay. Okay. What's the word for that? Inspirational. Hitler-esque. Oh. Oh, I'm so sorry. One of our attorneys is a Jew. Charles is slipping on the. Yeah. Uh, no, so he, uh, you know, he was up there saying, yeah, Venice should leave. Everybody should, you know, smaller, flatter government. It should be everywhere. And I tend to agree. I think we should have the smallest, not in the Republican sense, but the smallest government possible in the sense of, you know, in somebody in Venice, everybody's all pissed off in Venice because they feel like, you know, our potholes aren't being fixed. And look at these homeless people everywhere. And uh, they feel like, hey, trying to get Garcetti on the phone is like trying to get the president on the phone. There's no way. It's never going to happen. Whereas if you live in Calabasas, the mayor of Calabasas was also on this panel. Uh, you know, you can. it's not too hard to get the mayor of Calabasas up on the phone. You can go into his office and be like, hey, Rick. You I know, feel like, like the mayor of Calabasas just goes door to door, like selling his like <laughs> landscaping company too. So I don't think that that's necessarily a good example. But no, I do know what you mean. Mayor of Calabasas, landscaping, and <laughs> and politics and, and legislation. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, but yeah. no, I uh, I think that's really interesting. I find that like, um, but it, I'm very conflicted about it now because, and I mentioned the guy fled to Russia because like that's part of this like disinformation campaign that it's like a, a tent pole in it is that when they were hitting the election, they were also being like, no matter who wins, y'all should think about seceding from the union. And it's right. like, God damn it. Like, why does like one of my pet niche political things now like exactly what Putin wants to do to America. Like, God damn it. Like, well, so why did, why was this something that you had in your head for a while? Uh, well, I, it came from me, uh, basically off of the, uh, my, probably my overreaction to George W. Bush winning the election in 2004 when he legitimately won. We might have disagreements about that. When the Supreme Court didn't halt the election, he actually won his re-election campaign. And I was like, basically the same thing a lot of liberals probably thought when Trump won, uh, which was like, how do I reconcile living in a country where I don't think that these voters are bad people. You know what I mean? I I think they're voting for bad people, but I don't think that they're bad people. But how do I rectify living in a country where like these divisions were starting that we see now like exposed where it's like, oh man, we just fundamentally have different value systems. So how do you reconcile that in a government where elections are run basically on declarations of values rather than policy? So really it feels like the best solution is a divorce maybe i'm a child of divorce so i see that answer and everything but like you know i feel like if there was an amicable <laughs> divorce was possible that uh, was all the founding fathers that were just children of divorce they just really <laughs> they were like oh we just yeah. need to separate from england <laughs> like my parents yeah no i mean it it is it's possible i think maybe not a nuclear power breaking up seems like very like difficult to right, do. right, right but like i think you know ideally people have the right to 
govern themselves as they see fit. And I don't think that it's even going both ways. Like I think morally, like a woman has the right to choose. But if the if the people of a subsection of the country think that that's not true and the majority, the overwhelming majority of them do, then I think they should have a government that represents them in that way. I, I just don't think that those people should be barnstorming Washington and telling people in the Northeast that they can't have what they find morally correct. Right. And that's what's so difficult. I mean, this is what America was supposed to be. You know, it's a United States of America. And back when states had a lot more rights before they were all taken by the federal government, that was kind of how it was designed to go. Right. Uh, but unfortunately, that's, you know, due to the Supreme Court and just federal overreach that really hasn't worked out the way that it's supposed to. So, yeah. yeah. I well, agree. the problem, too, also in respect is like, like <clears throat> on the left side was centers, the center and the left. They want to expand government powers. OK, but the right only seems to want to limit government power when they're not in control. As soon as they get in control, they're happy to use those levers of power to their own ends. So I almost they could probably not after Trump. But prior to Trump, the conservative party probably could have won me if they really cared about that stuff more than like paying lip service. No, to it's it. like with deficit spending. Right. All, yeah. all that concern goes, goes immediately out the window as soon as they're in control. If it was legitimate right. concern, I, they'd have my ear because I think that, you know, the deficit has, I don't think it's as big as a deal as they make it out to be, no. but it's certainly an issue, but it isn't an issue. It's only a talking point. Yeah. And that's with Paul Ryan leaving. Thank God. Yeah. That's been an interesting conversation about how Paul Ryan's political career where he's, started off in the fringes and then was able to create this like look as being supremely concerned about deficit spending and he's a wonk and he's very intelligent but he's so just what's a going nut. On? why is he leaving what's actually happening here behind the scenes i uh, don't get it i think a lot of the republicans are very frightened about what's going to happen in the midterms yeah i think that uh, I, they may for who knows what's going to happen i mean who knew what was going to happen I, in 2016? So right. I, the idea is that Republicans are going to lose control of the House almost certainly. and Maybe even the Senate. P- potentially the Senate. So a lot of those guys are getting out now before the oncoming wave. Right. Is because, that really the reason? I mean, why wouldn't somebody like Paul Ryan just hang on and be a congressman for his whole life? Um, well, I think that because I think a, a big thing that and you can see in how it was passed was that tax bill. And I think a lot of Republicans are getting now that the CBO reports are coming back and it looks disastrous, even if you're, you know, somebody who supported Trump for his economic positions or the Republicans. And I think like a lot of them are trying to get out now and just enjoy their golden parachute. You know, they've got lobbying jobs waiting for them. I also think that and I don't think that this is necessarily like Paul Ryan was talking to the ambassador to Russia. But there, I think, is this mounting thing between the NRA accepting Russian donations and giving Russian donations out, whether or not that'll be a legal issue i think it's uh, uh, coming up to the election it's certainly going to become a political issue because of these 501c packs and stuff and the fact that russia was abusing them that a lot of the i think it's going to come out that a lot of these co- congressmen thinking they're accepting donations from the nra were actually accepting donations from russia and with this criminal thing that's going on with russia when that comes out it's going to be very easy in the court of public opinion to tie in accepting a donation to coordinating with the russians and i think a lot of people are trying to get ahead of that but all this is assuming that ryan 
has some big skeleton in his closet that he doesn't want to come out? Is no. that what you're saying? No, it's that it's going to look like whether or not he actually does. Like he accepted NRA donations. And if they can prove that Russia was donating to the NRA, of course, Paul Ryan might not have any idea that that is where the money originated or a lot of these representatives. But I think a lot of these representatives may have looked at their coffers and been like, holy shit, we accepted a lot of money from the NRA. And if this just... becomes a political issue, they're going to be able to go. They accepted money from Russia. Trump's campaign colluded with Russia. Therefore, or ergo, Paul Ryan was colluding with Russia, whether or not it's true or fair. Or it could be as simple as they just don't want to lose elections that they know they're going to lose. In fact, this is such bad. This is bad but news for, for Ayn Rand guy. This is what I don't get. Ayn, Ayn, Ayn Rand guy, but like he, he's, Paul Ryan. I mean, he's, it's like, come on. He's not Ayn Rand guy anymore. He's no longer promoting Ayn Rand. That was really? an early Paul Ryan thing. Subsequently. He covered that up and pretended like he'd never been. Really? Yeah. Huh. Probably because she's Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, he just didn't want to be a Jewish author's rebellion. Yeah. Did, did you guys follow the saga of? I think his name is uh, Paul Nalen. It sounds familiar. Yeah, he that was, sounds really familiar. He was going to challenge Paul Ryan in the primary. He's like alt right. Pretty white nationalist. Oh yeah, because now he's the remaining Republican. But he has so pissed off everybody on the right that it's just not going to happen. He got banned from Twitter, and then he like doxed some other oh, right. right person he's like on a Gab. Very all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he conducts himself guy. like a like a Breitbart mm -hmm. writer. And right now he's pers persona non grata on the alt right. So he's he would have been perfectly positioned, and he right. blew it because they just can't help themselves. Yeah, that's very. They true. love feuding. It's Whether really very pathetic, and it's 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 so boring. That's why I got so disgusted with all these interesting right wing thinker, young thinker guys, because it's just like they cannot keep it in their pants. It's yeah. just like constant f clucking, fighting. Yeah. Just like, shut the, the fuck up. Yeah, they're a bunch up. of hens. They, they really pick, are. And they don't I mean, not that fight. they're not on the other side, too. But it's no, like, but we you know, knew that. Yeah, yeah, right. We already knew that. The alt-right guys are supposed to be macho alpha bros. Right. They're the dudes that mock snowflakes, then spin off in a free, on a tangent on something a mom said on Twitter. Right. Like it's and not... it's like, yeah, they're so butthurt by everything. Somebody <laughs> pointed out that one of the amusing things about Gab is that because... They are all concentrated there. They don't have any left people to fight, yeah. so they've just turned on each other, oh, right. and it's become like a huge in oh, intra-party backbite. Oh, yeah. They do that on Twitter too. Yeah, so but they like, but they've got left wingers to fight on Twitter. There's like bit. you can fight the SJW cucks <laughs> on Twitter, but you can't do it on Gab because they're not there. Right. So you I, just right. got to pick at Baked yeah, Alaska, who the fuck <laughs> is on there? I'll occasionally troll, uh, go in and will lurk on the Reddit Donald the Donald the subreddit. You know who else goes in there a lot? Isaac. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> I, mean, I like the Donald. See, I oh, the <laughs> the uh, I. I like that uh, I like when they start cannibalizing each other because Trump does not embody like they have to spin sometimes. He's like, yeah, we will do TPP. Maybe the wall won't happen. <laughs> I go right to the Donald like, let's see them eat each other. Right. Like, well, that happened with Ben and it was like when they had a, their feud. There was like a Ben. Oh, Bannon. Bannon. Oh. There was a thing at the top of the Reddit that was just like one line. It was like, "We stand with Trump." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Come on." Yeah. I mean, I get it, but I, I understand. You know, it's a spear, right? And they they are so frustrated and angry that they're just like, "Nope, man, nah, 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 we're not going to listen to anything else because we need to get our way." And it kind of worked, uh, but yeah, I mean, ultimately. 
uh, this has to expand to a more magnanimous <laughs> type of thing. something a little self-aggrandizing about some of the merch 